If you would, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 9, we're going to begin in verse 23. Only going to read three verses here, but then we're going to skip down and pick up some more. So uh, we'll, let, we'll, we'll read to start with Luke verse nine, Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. <clears throat> then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whomever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit it what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and in the holy angels. Let's pray. Father and our God, we do thank you for all that you've allowed us to do this morning. We ask that you would be with us through a remainder of our hour of preaching this morning, that you would open our hearts and minds to your word, that you would guide, guard, and direct us, Father, that you would allow us to see and feel your presence. Father, most of all, that you would hide my, my opinions from me, that you would allow me, Father, the opportunity to speak only the words that you have given me. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Somebody said they was talking about Sunday and, and it being Sunday and they knowed that, that they knowed we was going to be here till at least 1 o'clock. And I said, now how do you know what's going on after? They said, not after church, we're just here. I said, well, you may not get out of here at 1 o'clock today. I know something you don't know. So I hope you didn't put no beans on before you left the house. See, y'all looking at me all funny and crazy and stuff like I'm kidding, but I ain't. I know some of you can't stand that. I'm just kidding. Come on, but bear with me. Take up. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross. I, I don't think, and I may be wrong, it may just be me, but God, these things God's been bringing into my house, putting on my table for a while, these things we're going to talk about this morning, and one of those is um, I, I think we have dumbed down Christianity. I, I don't think we take it as serious. I don't think we take following Jesus as serious as he intended for it to be. We're going to look at some scriptures this morning that is, that is radical by comparison to what you and I have been taught and preached to about. And, and I've preached it the other way too. But I, this, is, this is what God has opened my eyes to. He says to take up your cross daily. Does anybody know and realize what that statement means? You know what that would sound like today? That would sound like, take up your electric chair and follow me. The cross was a tool of torture, a tool of suffering. It was humility. It was embarrassment. It was the worst form of death possible in that day. Take up your cross daily. It was suffering. Do you hear me? <laughs> I mean, he's not, this isn't some light stuff here. Christ is telling this guy, if you want to go with me, pick up your tool of torture and come on. You're going to receive it daily. Daily. 
Not one time. Not, not torture me once and let me go. Daily. And then we walk around asking why. <laughs> he told us it would be that way. He said, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be what I, my Father in heaven intends for you to be, look forward to it. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. There's going to be days when you want to give up. There's going to be days when you can find something better to do. But that's half-hearted, and that's not what he's asked us for. I don't want God dealing with me half-heartedly, so I don't want to deal with him half-heartedly. I don't want, if God gave, only gave me the time that I gave him, what would my life look like? I didn't, I didn't want to say that. God made me. It hurts me too. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? You know, Christ is trying to get across right here that the things of this world are not important. And we're fixing to get deeper into that. And I ain't just talking about physical stuff. Everything here pales in comparison to the gospel and the spreading of the gospel and the treasures that God has stored up for us. I don't think we take it serious enough. I think we've dumbed it down. I don't think we realize how serious. Let me give you one example. Hang on. Let's go to um, let's go to Second Timothy three. Somebody has played a mean trick on me and took in my markers off of my Bible. But that's okay, I can find it without it. 2 Timothy 3.10 This is Paul's letter, um, of course, to Timothy. Hence the name Timothy. At the top of the page. But you have carefully followed my doctrine. You have seen my doctrine. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, listen, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Paul says, Timothy, you've seen the stuff that I've been through. You've seen the stuff I suffered through. Timothy, you're stepping into a world of suffering. You've seen the stuff I've been through. You've seen my sufferings. You've seen my persecutions. You've seen me left for dead. Look at that last verse. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Out of them all, the Lord delivered delivered me. We've been brainwashed with this, um, this American dream thing in our society where it tells us that you can do anything, you can do anything you want to do as long as you put your mind to it and you work hard enough. Does anybody see the problem with our American dream? It's all about you and what you can do. Let me assure you, you are dust. <laughs> You were made from dust, and when you die, you will return to dust. You are dust. That's all you are. Without the breath of God breathed into you, you are a heap of dust. You are nothing. If I base me on what I can do, it's Osro. Failure. I'm nobody. 
I'm nothing. The only thing that I can accomplish is what God puts the power and the strength inside of me to accomplish. You know what? My Jesus lived this whole, that walked this earth for the whole 30 some odd years, 33 years. He didn't even have a pillar to lay his head on. And I think one of the basic needs is shelter. Because I've been told that all my life. Christ didn't have shelter. He did just fine. What makes me think I'm better than Christ? If you'll read on down where we were just at, go back over there to Luke. <clears throat> We've dumbed it down. I'm telling you we have. If you'll go back over to Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 57, let's look at how serious Christ really was to his disciples. Now I want you to understand, Paul said to Timothy, you've seen all I've been through, but the Lord brought me through it. If we don't rely on self, any one of us can do this. Now I want you to also understand that during this time of Luke chapter 9, um, there had been hordes and hordes of people following Jesus, and he stopped and are going to stop and tell them, you know, how bad it's going to be, and all of them's going to leave, but about 12. That, that's about somewhere in this area of where we're at. But listen, as they're walking down the road, in um, Luke chapter 9, verse 57, Now it happened, as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Can't you see that feller? He's heard about all the stuff Jesus has done. He's heard about the miracles, Pinky. He says, you know what, this Christ guy's a feller I want to hang out with. I want to be like them other guys and run around with him. And he jumps up in the middle of everything and he says, you know what, Jesus, I'm going wherever you go. I'm your man. I'm going to be your dog. And he's over there wanting to bump nuts with him and all that. Let me show you what Jesus told him. He, he deflated his little balloon here a little bit. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He says, you're welcome to go. I want you to go. But let me assure you of something. I ain't guaranteeing you even a place to sleep at night. I'm guaranteeing you my Father in Heaven will never leave your side because He says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll guarantee you that you will have abundant life. But that ain't got nothing to do with a place to sleep. Man, that's simple stuff. That's what He told him. I didn't make that up, y'all. I didn't write that. It's in your Bible too. And I ain't touched your Bible. It's in there. It's in there. Look at the next fellow that walks up. Give me the next one there, Tim. Then he said to another, mm, follow me. But he said, let me first go and bury my father. That's a pretty simple request. This guy's daddy's died. This guy's father has died. His own father. His own, now, it's his daddy. It's a man that raised him. And, he, he, and Jesus said, come follow. He said, I, I will, but let me go bury my father um, look at that next verse. It's kind of disturbing. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. That's his daddy. We've dumbed it down. We've dumbed it way down. Christ said, that's fine. You, you, you want to preach the gospel? Come preach it. He said, but hang on before I start. <laughs> I got to go bury my daddy. He said, no. Now that's a done deal. Your presence in that situation ain't going to change nothing. I need you out here. 
I need you moving forward. I, I need you take. We've dumbed it down. See, this is hard stuff you're hearing, ain't it? I'm a rude. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus wasn't playing games. He was straightforward. You're welcome to follow me. I want you. Now, this is his disciples. There was many of people out there that got saved, that, that got saved and believed and didn't get this harshness. This is for the folks that want to follow Jesus. This is for the folks that want to go with him. This is for the folks that want to pick up their cross. This is for the ones that want to claim it to all the world, which is what every one of them was told to do. By the way, I just lured you into that one. Sorry. Give me the next one. Because this guy, it don't get no easier. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid farewell who are at my house. Who are them people he's talking about he's got to say bye to? His own family. What did Jesus tell him? But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Y'all, that's hard stuff. We have dumbed it down. I'm not y'all's friend no more, I can tell. Because it's hard stuff. He said, now all this guy wants to do is run over to his house and say bye to his family. Christ said, anybody that puts his hand on the plow and looks back ain't fit for the kingdom of God. You're useless to me. If what's behind you is more important to you than what I've got laid out in front of you, Wow. Wow. Man, that stuff got brought to my attention over the last few weeks. And I sat at my house with my Bible out on my back porch on them pretty, pretty mornings like last Saturday morning and cried and went, Christ, I'm sorry. This ain't the stuff I've been preaching. I, I'm sorry that I hadn't took it, taken it this serious. I, I'm sorry that I've let my friends down. I've got friends in my life that, that, are, that I call my friends that I ain't been straightforward with. I've let them get by with stuff. Bad news, friends. The truth's coming home. Because <laughs> it's more serious than what I told you it was. We've dumbed it down to a simple prayer. It's more than that. It's, it's more than that. It's more than just getting on your knees. And, and listen to this and in, in inviting Jesus in. You think he can't come in? <laughs> we tell you to invite him in. He can come in whenever he gets ready. What you're doing is asking him for a piece of the sacrifice he made. That's what you're doing. It ain't about me. It ain't about the American dream. We're not even promised a place to sleep. What we are promised is intangible things, Ronnie. Things that we don't get to take pictures of. Things we don't get to look at. Things we don't get to show our friends now but one day. They'll be there. And you can guarantee yourself they'll be there. You know, we know we, we've made it about the color of the carpet, y'all. We've made it about what the temperature is in the room. It ain't about the gospel at all. We have to dumb it up to the point that we have to make it entertaining for you to come. If you don't enjoy it, you won't be back. What ought to be bringing you in is your desire for the Word of God. Your desire to serve God. I shouldn't have to put on some circus for you to come in here. You should want to. You call yourself a Christian, a child of God. You know what the most important thing in this world to the child of God is? It's the Word of God. Not some song, not the way we play it. Now, I ain't got no problem with this stuff, and I don't think God does either, but I think we've dumbed it down. 
I think if it's too loud, we won't be back. I think if it ain't loud enough, we won't be back. I think if it comes out of the hymnal, we won't be back. And I think if it don't come out of the hymnal, we won't be back. Don't none of that matter. What it's really about is the Word of God and the power that is... You know why we don't get to see dead people raised, Pinky? We don't believe it. And you know what Paul said? If you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, then your faith is in vain. And my preaching is in vain. You know why? Because it's all based on what? The resurrection of one man. If you don't think people can't be resurrected from the dead, then you can't believe this gospel that I preach. Because that's what it's based on. But you know why we don't see that stuff no more? We're more concerned about how loud the music is. We're more concerned about where the song came from. We're more concerned about what the preacher's wearing. You know what my wife told me before I get up here? Next time you're going to dress better than that. <laughs> I've done it for a reason, sweetheart. You know I don't normally come in here looking like this when I know I'm going to preach. I've done it for a reason. Does it matter what I wear? I should be respectful because I'm in the house of God and I get every bit of that. They ain't no, I ain't dumbing that down. But what I'm telling you is there is no difference in the power of God's word depending on who's speaking it, how they speak it, whether they're holding a microphone or they got the little funny thing on their face, what color their shirt is or whether or not they got a tie on, it don't matter. None of that matters. What ought to lure you into God's house and being among God's people is the love and desire that you have for God's Word. Kevin shouldn't have to beg us to study our Bibles at the house. We ought to want to. It's our responsibility. We're, we call ourselves children of God. You going to be a child of God and not pick up God's own love letter to you? Seriously, though. Can you do that? Can you be that? I don't think so. I don't think you can. You've got to have a desire for that thing. Man, I see people come into this church and other churches all over the place and they're so on fire for God. And every time you talk to them, all they want to talk about is what they read in God's Word. Give them about three months. And I go, what would you read today? I didn't. <laughs> Why? Where did that fire go, y'all? Where do we lose it at? You know, it's kind of like getting a new shirt. Man, I can go out and buy me a new shirt. And that's the greatest shirt in the closet. I won't even put that thing on the rack with the rest of the shirts. You know why, Ronnie? Because that's my new shirt. I don't want that thing touching the other shirts. It's my new shirt. And I put it on and I come into a place and I'm tugging at it, making sure everybody looks at my new shirt. After that thing's been washed about three times, you know what it is, Johnny? It's just an old shirt. Ain't nothing for me on the third washing to cut the sleeves out of it. The same shirt, and it makes my wife upset. <laughs> Where does that newness go? Why do we let the newness rub off of our salvation, our desire for God's Word? Y'all, Jesus was very serious about the things in, in Luke that He told these people about the dead burying the dead. About if, if you're going to put your hand on the plow and turn and look back, you're, you're useless to me. You're not worthy of the kingdom of God. Think about those things. How serious are you taking your call to Christianity? How serious is Christianity to you? What are you willing to sacrifice for it? Pick up your cross and follow me. Daily pick up your cross. How many of you have suffered this week for the cause of the cross? And I'm talking about little things. I'm talking about how many of you have even been embarrassed this week because you stood up in the middle of a group of people and prayed over your food. 
How many of you has embarrassed yourself this week? Don't raise your hand, Miss Betty. You're killing me, sister. <clears throat> How many of you has been embarrassed this week because you was willing to stand up and tell what was the truth? Simply because of your desire and your love of God in His Word. Little things. I ain't even talking about the big stuff. I'm talking about there's people, y'all, all over this world that are putting their lives on the line to meet together and call themselves Christians in fear of somebody coming, kicking the door down and killing every one of them. And you know what? They're willing to do it. I, re I read stories in that Voice of the Martyr all the time of, of like teenagers who go off to seminary school and they come back home and go, Mom and Dad... I'm going to spread the gospel and I may never come home. Because where I'm going, they're killing people every day for doing what I'm fixing to go and try to do. I may never see you again. And you know what mom and dad say? They don't try to talk them out of it or nothing. You know what they tell them? We'll be praying for you. Because <laughs> they know in their heart it's what God's called them to do. And we won't even suffer the embarrassment of praying in a public restaurant. If the right friends are sitting with us, we won't do it in our own home. We won't tell people no about bringing the things of Satan into our house. That's not allowed in my house. You know why? Because they'll laugh at you. They may not come back. You know what I told them? So don't come back. That still ain't coming in my house. Because regardless of what you're doing, as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to stand here and pray over this stuff and ask God to do all these things in my life and then turn around and invite people to bring Satan in the middle of it. I ain't doing it. I've lost some friends. I ain't talked to some folks in a while. That's okay. I still got my Lord. He'll talk to me. I still got my wife. She ain't going nowhere. I hope because ain't nobody in this world. That I'll ever be able to find somebody to put up with me. I tricked one. It's going to be hard for me to trick us. No, I'm just kidding. She ain't going nowhere, and I know it, and she knows it. You know why? Because we stood before God and said, you know what, God? We ain't got no choice. It's just me and her. If the rest of the world's mad at me, you know who ain't. Now, some days when the rest of the world ain't mad at me, you know who is. <laughs> it works both ways. It works both ways. Listen, y'all. This stuff is serious. This, this, this call, and I want you to go back and read Luke chapter 9 and, and read the whole thing and look at it. And ask yourself the question, how serious am I about following Christ? These guys that followed Christ, if you'll go back and look at the call of the disciples, they gave up some stuff. They, throw, they walked away from their way of making a living. They walked away from their families. How many times do you see conversation between Peter and his wife or his family during his ministry I don't remember seeing any John any of them they were called away from that it was a whole lot more serious to them than it is to us I do believe y'all look at that and see what you can find in that <clears throat> I want you to do some self examination this morning I want you to look at self. I don't want you to look around. I don't want you to look at your spouse. I want you to look at self. I don't want you to be honest with self this morning. Why am I doing this? 
Why am I here? Is it because I really love God? Or is it because somebody talked me into coming? Have I really had a change of heart? Has something really changed in my life? Or did I just go through the motions? I want you to talk to yourself. I don't want you to talk to anybody else. And I want you to answer that question. And if the question is answered, why am I doing this with anything other than my love of God drives me to, then I want you to do a little, little, little digger deepen and see where you stand. It ain't about you being where I think you ought to be. Not at all. It ain't about you being where Brother Kevin thinks you ought to be. It's about you getting where God wants you to be. And trust me, I, I've looked at it lately. You can step outside of the will of God. You can. You can be a child of God and step outside of His glory and not be where He wants you to be. You can get to that place. Scripture says it. If you find yourself standing in that place, I'm begging you to figure out where it is you're supposed to be and stand there. That's where you need to be, wherever it is that makes God happy. Because you can get outside of the will of God. You really can. There was a guy in Numbers 22, and he was a prophet. And he could bring curses and blessings on people, Pinky. And this old mean king wasn't liking the children of Israel being next door. He said, you know what, I'm going to call up old Balaam and I'm going to let him curse these people. And he called up Balaam, and Balaam was a prophet, but Balaam had a problem. He's doing it for the wrong reason. Balaam was doing it because he's getting paid. And he goes to God and he says, God, can I go put a curse on them people for that man for that money? And God said, no, you stay out of that. And he sent the messengers back and the king sent some more messengers and probably some more money. And he went and he went before God and he said, God, are you sure? Because they've come back again. God said, you know what, if they ask one more time, you can go. He said, okay. And he went and got on his donkey and went with them. And on his way down the road, an angel of the Lord stood in front of the donkey. <laughs> and he turned and he whipped him with a stick and put him back on trail. And the angel of the Lord, a little further down the road, he gets between these two walls. And he stood in front of the donkey. Now the, now the prophet can't see the angel, but the donkey can. And, and the donkey gets over here and rubs him up against the wall and hurts his leg. And he goes, oh, and hits him. Dumb donkey. So he gets walking down, the, going down the road. Now he ain't got nowhere to go. He, he done got narrower, narrower. Now where the angel's standing, the only thing the donkey can do is stop and lay down. Well, he did. Well, old Balaam reared back and hit him. The donkey turned around and said, Hey, how come you hitting me? I imagine he did it in that voice, like on Shrek, thank you. Because <laughs> that dude's name was Donkey too, wasn't he? And old donkey looked up there and said, Hey, how come you hitting me? I ain't never did nothing to you. Now, now I don't know how many of y'all has ever ridden a donkey, whether it was a famous donkey or a not-so-famous donkey, or if it was just a dumb horse. If I was ever sitting on the back of any of those creatures and it turned around and spoke to me I would not do what this guy did next you see this guy carried on a conversation with the donkey oh no Mac I'll see you at the barn brother cause I'm on my way back we do that we get in our minds that it's what God wants us to do and God has to use a donkey to talk sense into us. Amen. He tries. 
He tried, the donkey, all he would have had to done was let the donkey turn around and go, you know what, God's trying to tell me that he didn't tell me I could come. I put it in my own head, I wanted that money, and I'm going. Now, if I'll just go back, everything will be good, but no. He had to keep going and keep going, got his foot hurt. The donkey done told him off. Then the angel of the Lord done had to talk to him. We do that. Maybe it ain't a donkey that speaks to you. But we do things that we don't have God's permission to do. We give ourselves permission. We go do them and then look up and go, why didn't that work? Well, I can tell you, you done it. You was on that American dream thing again. Amen? Y'all stand up. Mike, y'all got us a song picked out. Y'all stand to your feet. We're going to have a time of invitation. You deal with what God's laid on your heart this morning. If you ain't got nothing else to pray about, you can come up here and pray for your pastor. If you ain't got nothing else to pray for, you can pray for that.